The Take What Serves, Leave the Rest podcast is sponsored by Prairie Care. You know, going through the process of getting help with your mental health can be very overwhelming. I definitely know that from firsthand experience. Prairie Care can help guide you through it and get you in touch with the help that you need. They've been offering mental health services to all ages in the Twin Cities of Minnesota since 2005. Whether you're looking for clinical services, a specialty outpatient program, or a more intensive level of care like inpatient treatment, Prairie Care has you and your family covered. Visit prairie-care.com to learn more. That's prairie-care.com. Hello, everybody, and a big welcome here into this episode of the Take What Serves, Leave the Rest podcast. My name is Brian Pyatt, and I am so glad that you are here. Um, I'm just going to be really upfront and honest here at the beginning, coming to you um, from a little bit of a tender place. It's been kind of uh, an emotional kind of anxiety-filled week for me, um, and that's led to a lot of, I don't know if anybody can relate to this, um, procrastination and just kind of freeze mode a little bit, having a hard time getting things done. Um, it's taken me a long time to just get myself to sit down and record um, this this intro, this podcast for you, and so um, finding it just kind of helps to be honest about that these days. So um, sharing that also with the intention that um, meeting you all in whatever space you might be in out there today. On the episode today, we are talking to a couple of members, a couple of um, beautiful humans from the Twin Cities Gay Men's Chorus. And they have uh, a beautiful, beautiful concert coming up here this next weekend here in the Twin Cities. Um, it's their spring concert, and the title of it is Unseen. And really, really exploring the different parts of ourselves that go unseen um, when we step out into the world every day um, and focusing on neurodiversity and mental health. Just a, a beautiful mission, beautiful concert coming up. Um, I'll give you some more details um, about how you can attend that at the end of the, uh, the podcast episode if you're interested in that. But um, today I uh, had an opportunity, or uh, this past week had an opportunity to talk to uh, Gerald Gerse, who is the artistic director of the Twin Cities Gay Men's Chorus, and also joined by Nathan Porras, who is a singer in the chorus, um, and had a really, really beautiful conversation with them about their own experience with mental health, things that have helped them, and how the, the power of music has been such a beautiful force in their life. So let's go ahead and begin. My friends, I hope that there's something from this conversation that can serve you moving forward, and um, Sending you lots of love out there, and here we go. Thank you both so much for being here. It's it's awesome to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so we're talking about. Um, I'm excited to learn all about the the concert that you have coming up. Um, 
such a beautiful mission behind it. Um, and I think, Gerald, why don't we just go ahead and start with you? Um, Unseen is the is the name of the show. How did you how did you come up with this? How did you guys land on this on this topic? Sure. So um, as all things are related right now, we're going to talk a little bit about pre-pandemic time. Yeah. Uh, because that took a big chunk of our lives away. Um, what I usually like to do to inform my decisions with the chorus is get kind of a sample of a feedback from the members who, you know, what do we want to sing about? What is interesting to you? Yeah. What are some areas in our work of advocacy that we've left uncovered that need to be talked or in our case sung about? And back in 2019 was the last time I got a chance to do that to explore future concert topics. And when I get this feedback, it may not be implemented in the following season, but it would, cause there's only so many concerts, but they, it will be implemented eventually, mm-hmm. you know, all these ideas. And so here we are in March of 2023, implementing an idea that was fed to me in March of 2019. And when I asked around the room, what topics um, about which we should sing, there were lots of topics. And so I just kind of kept a tally mark going beside the topics to see what is reoccurring. And the idea of neurodiversity came up. Yeah. And honestly, at that time, I wasn't really sure what neurodiversity meant outside of just the word autism. Yeah. Um, so I did my own research and kind of expanded my own personal knowledge of what that can mean. Um, and I wasn't sure that we'd have enough content with neurodiversity in a responsible and meaningful way, meaning that we source neurodiverse composers, that we talk yeah. about the neurodiverse stories in the chorus that would fill up a whole concert's worth of music and engage the audience on that journey as well. Um, so I started thinking of other topics that were related to neurodiversity and the idea of mental health um, came across my mind. And then I was thinking, you know, what really bridges these two topics together? And while sometimes, but not often, mental health and neurodiversities can be manifested in ways that are seen, uh, most often times those things are not seen, they're unseen. And that's where the, the title of the concert came from. And we all walk around with pieces of our unseen identity with us, whether it's past trauma, whether it's just how we're feeling today, or whether it's a frustration over email that's happened at work. And whether these things are biological or physiological or whether emotional responses, they have impacts that can affect the way we think and behave throughout the rest of the day, or they're even greater throughout the rest of our lives. And so I thought, "Let's, let's explore these things that are unseen. And I was looking last summer for a way to engage a guest artist in this season, um, kind of off the beaten path and do something that we haven't done in a while. <clears throat> and I was, I came across this song called um, For the Caregivers. Mm. And this comes from a larger three movement work called Alzheimer's Stories. And the whole thing, as you can imagine, is written about people who have had Alzheimer's disease. And the last movement is written expressly for those who care for people with Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. And it required a soprano solo. So I was like, well, there's our guest artist. We're going to find a soprano solo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was looking online because I wanted to do due diligence to our queer community, make sure we're bringing queer artists in. And I found Laurie Rubin. And Laurie Rubin is a mezzo-soprano 
Um, she sings operatic literature. She sings singer-songwriter literature. She's an author, and she runs music camps, opera camps um, for youth out of um, Hawaii. And on top of that, she's blind. Mm. And when I saw that she was blind, of course, the word unseen just kind of made the hairs on my arm rise because yeah. I thought, well, here is a literal version of somebody who can't see. Yeah. Um, and while that isn't directly related to mental health or neurodiversity, it was another way to lift up and empower topics of ableism in the concert as well. Yeah. And so that's where unseen comes from. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thanks for summarizing all that. Yeah. And, um, I'm going to toss it over to, to Nathan. I know we're working with one microphone between the two of you. So we'll do the, the back and forth. Um, how does this topic kind of land with you as, as a singer in the choir getting to, to, to be a part of this? I think out of all of the shows that I've ever been excited for, I think this is the one I'm the most excited for. Mm. Um, I feel like the intersection of just LGBT mental health and musicality is such a, just a, a core piece of so many people's life experience yeah. that to be able to not just educate and share, but also just express the art, you know, the artistry of it too. I, I think it's, uh, I think that out of all of them, I think this is by far the one I'm most excited for. So cool. I think it's just, I really do. Like you did such a good job on this one. You really did. <laughs> <laughs> so flattered. Over yeah. There. Are you? <laughs> um, Nathan, one of the reasons that, that I really wanted to have you a part of this podcast is um, that there, there's so much power in, in people being willing to, to, to kind of open up and share this unseen part of themselves with people. That's really like the true mission behind this, this podcast. And I understand um, mental health has been something that you've journeyed with as we all have right to, to different yeah. um, extremes. What are you comfortable sharing with us about about what the path has looked like for you? I know that's a really big question, but um, <laughs> I'm happy to answer. Yeah. Um, at least at this point in my life, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know, when I first came here to Minneapolis, uh, a lot of crazy life things happened. And this was actually even before I joined the chorus. Uh, but with uh, as far as like mental health, lots of other things happened. But long story short, uh, more than once I ended up trying to take my own life. Mm. Well, one of them, uh, I, I tried to jump off a bridge. I tried to, uh, like other people had to call, you know, 911 for me just because I was mm -hmm. not in a healthy state of mind to be able to even trust myself. Yeah. And, uh, it was such a, uh, humbling <laughs> experience with that whole thing of not being able to trust your own thoughts or feelings and everything like that. And it was, yeah. It was so rough, uh, and one of the best things that got me out of that was uh, like I, music. I, I, honestly, mm -hmm. it uh, like there are there, there there's words, and then of course there's no, but like something about those two coming together just really speak at least to me. They really spoke to my soul, and it was actually one of the biggest pushes for me to actually joined the Twin Cities Gay Men's Chorus yeah. uh, to make sure that I had at least somebody or people around me that knew at least, if not exactly what I was going through, at least yeah. knew enough to be able to support me and so that I could support others that might have been going through the same thing. And yeah. uh, 
that's, I mean, that's when I first got a psychiatrist. That's when, and so like, it's been the whole lovely journey of trial and error with medications and things like that. Yeah. And, uh, and working as, uh, <laughs> working as a nurse in like psychiatry where yeah. it's so much easier to make sure that other people are taken care of, making sure that other people's needs are being met. Uh, but how, for whatever reason, not being able to kind of direct that towards yourself. And yeah. it's just been a, it's been a whole journey just trying to navigate all of that and we're still working through it, but of course. it's always been, it, it's always gotten better. Like no matter what, no matter how bad it's been every single time is it, it's consistently improving, which is yep. something that I'm just so grateful for. And I just wish more people knew that it, and it's almost cliche at this point, but it, it does get better. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's just, uh, I'm just happy to be able to be at a point where I can confidently share that and share at least what I've been through personally yeah. to kind of help other people. Gerald, I'm, I'm curious from your standpoint, what's it like to hear him share that? <laughs> you can edit that out. <laughs> yeah. Emotional. Um, when I hear stories like Nathan's, it reminds me of how selfish people in leadership positions and as relating it to choral music sometimes can be unintentionally selfish. I, I think of the phrase, I just came here to make music. Mm. I walked in the door tonight to wave my arms and make music and, and to inspire other people to make music. And the reality oftentimes is I walked through the door because other people trusted me to be a shepherd with their feelings and to help them out of a space that maybe they were in and that had nothing to do with me wanting to make music on a certain rehearsal night. Mm. Um, and so when I hear stories like that, it just reminds you of all the different whys that are in the rehearsal room on any given moment and to be conscious of those things. Yeah. 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 And whether it's a rehearsal room or it's a, an office or it's a school, there's so many different things that people are maneuvering in those spaces that we have no idea right. about. Right. And there's a certain reciprocity to it too. Yeah. You know, on any given night, there's 130 people in the room and I have to be subconsciously considerate of all the possibilities that could be that have walked through that room tonight. But the reciprocity is they're also staring at a person on the podium who is also has these unseen things. Mm. Right. And, um, yeah. in a way it's my job. So I have to like shed those things off and focus on what I'm doing. But yeah, I mean, every single human being in that room has that narrative going on inside of them. And how do we somehow put all of those things into a place in a, in a safe space where we can all process them together, but they're in some kind of bubble that allows just enough to come out so we can focus on the music too. Yeah. Right. And not everybody who walks in a room is going through a mental trauma at that moment. Right. But um, certainly every person has experienced that and it could manifest itself in ways known and unknown at any moment. So, mm -hmm. And especially singing this music. Um, it's, it's funny, like a good example was just when you asked me a question. Uh, sometimes we're really good at quelling the emotions until we're asked to talk about them. Yeah. Um, and we've had opportunities in the chorus for people to share their experiences with neurodiversity, mental health, and um, people bravely 
get up to tell their narrative. And oftentimes it gets really emotional. And of course that's a very supportive room, but it's always, it can just ambush you. Yeah. 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 Nathan, I'm curious. Um, you're doing so good on the back and forth here, by the way, <laughs> passing the microphone. What is it about music for you that, that, that helps? Um, so, I mean, I grew up in a very fundamentalist fire and brimstone kind of Christian environment. And yep. so, uh, like outward expressions of emotion weren't necessarily reserved a lot for just men in general. Yeah. Um, it was just kind of like the culture there. And, uh, I, but for whatever reason, music was the exception, at least in like the circles that I was at. And so being able to, uh, get out of your own head and just be 100% in the moment and to be able to just, it's, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I, it's to be able to just express what's inside in any form that at least at that point was like socially acceptable. Um, and, uh, just to be able to kind of like connect with others about it and to kind of even kind of connect with yourself like me, like, God, like I, it was, uh, it was such an outlet for me. And then, uh, it, uh, and I think it's also another reason why I also like, because at least of my own kind of, you know, Christian background, uh, and it's another reason why I love performing with this course specifically is because it, so many people come from a similar background and it's easy to kind of discredit. It's easy to say like all religion is bad, all everything like that is bad. Mm. It's easy to kind of do that all or nothing kind of mentality. But, uh, to be able to like express this joy for music without the, like, uh, the anxiety of like the dogma of it, to be able to just kind of, love music for music's sake, regardless of where we're from, uh, in a way that's also like, again, to your credit as it's always been so like respectful in a way of, I don't know what's something I've always personally like resonated with. It's, uh, that I, and then I know I'm not alone with that, but, uh, yeah, like as such a queer kid in middle of Norman, Nebraska, music was in so many ways, just like the only lifeline I had. Yeah. Uh, what a gift. What a gift that you had. That oh, you God. have that. I, it was, you know? oh, I, I, I honestly couldn't imagine, at least in my own life without it. I don't know where I'd be. Yeah. What, um, what else helps you kind of when it comes to mental health? You know, there's music, right? Which has been this beautiful thing yeah. for you. It sounds like, um, other, I always talk about this kind of idea of having a, a mental health toolkit, you Definitely. know, all these different things Absolutely. that we can kind of lean into. Are there, are there things that, that have really helped you and are helping you right now? Um, I think, uh, one of the biggest things as, uh, uh, at least to quote, like, like the biggest thing is like, especially when it comes to mental health and so many other things is one of the most dangerous things is shame right. is, uh, the shame of like, I, you know, like I am bad or in some way shape or form. And therefore I can't, I shouldn't interact or I shouldn't even go out or I don't deserve these things. Mm. And, uh, I would say like, uh, not only just having a community that actually understands where I'm from, but to be able to like his shame needs silence, secrecy and judgment to be able to continue. Hmm. And so to be able to share that with other people who aren't judge, you know, mm-hmm. like that don't judge me for where I'm at, um, to be able to consistently communicate on a weekly basis with people that like love you and care for you. And also just appreciate you as a person for not who you think you should be, but who you are right now. 
Yeah. That is, I think, uh, just invaluable, at least like for me. Yeah. Um, I like, uh, and so of, of course it's like the music aspect of it, but it's just like the community here has just been just such a constant for me personally. Yeah, and so I'm just, yeah, it's making sure that you have a support system. It doesn't matter who you are. Like it's, it's so vital. It really, really is. Isn't it? And just cause we're not alone, but it's so easy to think of that. <laughs> and so finding people that just support you doesn't matter if they're family or not. And we're just not, we're not meant to journey this whole thing called life alone. Oh God, no. As much as like, you know, I've tried to do that in my life. It sometimes feels like the easier way. Yeah. It, and yet it's not doable. In the long it's, run. it's a, you're, it, it's a disservice to others to get to experience the joy of experiencing who you are yeah. as well as being able to let other people in too. It's, it's, uh, it's not easy to be vulnerable in that regard, but it's, yeah. it's, just infinitely giving when you're able to do that. Yep. And, and this topic of shame too, right? Like, I mean, I really resonated when you said that feeling of like, there's something wrong inherently with me. I know that's something that has been deep, deeply embedded within myself. And I don't know, I'm always trying to figure out exactly where that comes from. I would imagine being a gay man has something to do with that. Yeah, I would say like uh, <laughs> can't ignore that. Wait, you're gay? Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. So I should have. Oh, that's I what this. Notified oh, it. oh I, know. I, I, I I thought. So. Oh god. Wait, this okay. is a gay chorus. Uh, I was not aware. Oh, not that's aware what the of, that's what that yeah. G stands for. Oh, why there were no women. I was wondering that too. No, yeah. we all feel yeah, so yeah, connected all of a sudden. Um, but don't you? I mean, I I feel like. This is something that a lot of gay men are walking around with and oh. maybe not talking about it I... a lot. The sense of there's something deeply wrong with me and that gets kind of embedded into so many different areas of our life. Would you agree? Yes, actually. Um, I would even recommend uh, the book that, I mean, I just started reading it, but it resonates so much. I'm willing to mention it now. It's called Velvet Rage yeah. um, about specifically, and this specifically applies to gay men, um, which is like you know, written about that, about this concept of this fundamental, like how, how sometimes we feel unacceptably flawed mm. and that like who we are is like just some aberration that doesn't matter what we do or how much we try and compensate for or whatever success might look like for the individual yeah. to make up for this idea of being flawed yeah. inherently in the society that we didn't choose to be in. <laughs> like it's... Yeah. Um, and there are so many, there are just that having that mindset, how that bleeds into so many aspects of our lives and how dangerous that can be for anybody's mental health to yeah. kind of continue that narrative. You're the second person in like three days that's mentioned this book to me. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Okay. So I I love that. Have you read it, Carol? No. No, I can't read. No. <laughs> <laughs> not, not your thing. No, I can read. Um, but after a certain time, and you're in grad school now, um, but once you get out of grad school, there's like a certain window of time where you just can't read because yeah. you are tired of reading. Yeah. And yeah. And I'm, part of me is I have, I carry around a nervous energy with me at all times, which is problematic and wonderful. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> but also, it's very hard to carry around that kind of nervous energy and sit and relax with a mm. cup of tea and read a book. Because after a paragraph, I'm like, okay, what next? Yeah, what if we got to move you on? Know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like that. And I'm just like, okay, is there an audiobook version? Is there? <laughs> yes, there is. Yeah. 
<clears throat> All right, audiobook version I will do in a car anytime for sure. Are there things I know we brought you on as like the creative director to talk yeah. about the show. I'm also curious, are there things that help you when it comes to your your mental health or kind of yeah, maneuvering I mean, I'll, that, that I'll be nervous a little bit energy? Vulnerable now, mental health um, <clears throat> issues have been a huge part of my upbringing. Um, when I was young, I remember my mother having uh, a towel closet in her room and two, maybe two by two shelves were just flooded with prescription medications. Mm -hmm. And as a little kid, you just think adults take a lot of medicine. Jeez. You know, and, and then later on in my life, when my mother died, <clears throat> her aunt, or sorry, my aunt took a, me and my brother aside and said, your mom never wanted anyone to know this until she passed away. But she was diagnosed as a teenager with schizophrenia. Mm. So that's, so certainly part of our uh, family gene yeah. pool is, is that propensity towards uh, mental health issues. Um, so I too grew up in a crazy abusive Southern Baptist church. And it was like, you know, by the time I was fourth grade, I knew I was gay. And I would often in my private time think about Cyrus Logan. But anyway, <laughs> um, but then around fourth grade also, the church had a whole sermon about homosexuals are going to go to hell. I didn't really know what that meant until I was like, oh, that's what gay is. I'm going to hell. Yeah. And so, you know, for the longest time, pray, 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 all the things. Hey, guess what? I'm still gay. What the fuck? Okay, mm -hmm. so this pray thing apparently don't work. Anyway, so I was sure I was going to go to hell. And here I was in college, um, freaking out. I started abusing alcohol every night, 15, 20 cocktails a night, mm. just so I would pass out so I could go to sleep without the fear of that I'm going to go to hell. Yeah. And finally, I got to a place where I said, you know what, if I'm going to go to hell, why are we delaying this? I'll go now. Mm. And I knew that was a bad place. And I called my dad and he came over to the fraternity house where I was living at the time and said, we need to get you help. Yeah. And um, I went to a counselor <clears throat> on campus the next day. And um, I was told her, I'm just so scared of going to hell and all the stuff. And she said, why do you think you're going to hell? Because that's what the Bible says. And she goes, that's not true. Mm. And, I, and I said, I don't believe you because you're a woman and they don't have any authority in the church. Because mm. that's what my church taught me, right? Yeah. And of course, now looking back on that, I hope she said, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, because no, that's horrible. And I had to unravel all these things. So um, because of that, I developed a general anxiety disorder and panic disorder. So yeah. I, I still carry around that and have to mitigate it with different things. And, and back to your own yep. original question, how do I deal with some of these things? I, f I found that it's hard to create a balance in the chorus between job and friendship relationships that I love. Mm -hmm. Because, right, like it's kind of that teacher classroom dynamic, like especially when you get older, like college, like, yes, you're about the same age and you love these people, but also you have to guide and teach them. And, and how do you create healthy relationship in the chorus? But I, that's what I've done as a mitigating tool is create some really good friendships in the chorus. So when I look out there, there are people that I know that there's this mutual love and respect for that makes me feel comfortable in a space. Mm -hmm. And, um, you would not know it today, but I try to drink less caffeine um, as you hold up your, as I your, hold up the energy drink can, energy drink. yes, there's no judgment in this room. You can judge None. when we leave here. I'm drinking coffee. So I know. So, so that was another thing. Um, I also just try to, uh, oh, so a visualization exercises. I love that. Yeah. We tell ourselves a hundred what ifs a day. What if I'm not good enough? What if I'm in the middle of a concert and I poo my pants? 
what mm-hmm. if you know like all the things that are just crazy they come out of nowhere in your mind you don't create them you're what well, you do but yep. your mind creates them for you yep. but you can purposefully create really positive what ifs what if i conduct the best concert ever yeah. What if I stand up in front of rehearsal tonight and I'm just amazing? Mm. And you fill those what ifs with a positive spin and you start to visualize those things and the, the scary what ifs go away. Yeah. Um, and that's been one of my biggest tools. Cool. Do you put pressure on yourself before concerts usually? Do you feel nervous about like conducting the perfect concert? I used to. Okay. I think I'd like to think I have evolved and matured um, yeah. in some ways, not all clearly, um, that... I've come to the realization that nothing will ever be perfect. And if in the middle of the concert, I'm obsessing about perfection, I will be drastically upset when it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. And if I start showing that energy to the people on stage, that's not going to help the situation. That's not going to help improve things. So I just bask in the moment and just celebrate where we are and that we get to do that. And then I'm able to show that joy and love to the singers and in turn, yeah. You know, the audience gets to experience that and there's no benefit to being upset in the moment about things going wrong because you can't change it. Yeah. So yeah. Perfectionism is just runs so deep. Yeah. I, I, I mean, and it like, runs deep in the gay community in lots it? of different ways. Doesn't it? I know. I, well, yeah. I think for me, I mean, like, cause I, I mean, I feel that even like I'm looking that. at your eyebrows right now and I'm like, <laughs> those are perfectly manicured eyebrows. <laughs> I hate him, but also <laughs> He's the worst. while we're on the podcast, I also hate him for having beautiful, gorgeous, perfect hair. But anyway, and I'm bald. I know you can't see this listeners, but I'm bald and that's why. Well, it's it. Um, I mean, thank you. This is, I'm feeling really good about myself after this, this interview and all these compliments. Well, you should. <laughs> um, but perfectionism. I mean, I felt it coming into this interview. I need to do the perfect interview. I need to be on. There's a lot of like needing to be on that I struggle with a lot. Um, and I have my whole thoughts about how that has probably been a huge defense mechanism as a gay man and just a human of this is how, this is how I gain acceptance from other people is through being perfect and being on and just being me is not enough. And you are not alone in that feeling, um, especially in the gay community with social media telling us this is what you look like if you want to be accepted by X community, right? Like, yeah. And it's not necessarily the gay community. Of you, you, you want to be accepted by the bear community, here is the ideal. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a twink, whatever the all the words in the boxes we choose, this is what yeah. you look like. Um, if you just want to be beautiful, this is what you should look like. And if you, all the things, you should wear this. You should, you know, and it's a lot. Yeah. Um, one of the songs that we're singing on the concert uh, was originally written, uh, the text is in Afrikaans. But we're doing it in the English translation because I want the audience to really absorb the text and have it be meaningful. And I don't think that they could do that in Afrikaans language, even with a translation somewhere. Mm. Um, and the translation is, we are here now. And part of the text, and this is so hard to believe, is you are enough. Yeah. You are more than enough. Beautiful. And when we start to believe that, we don't walk into situations going, gosh, I hope that I'm just, just where you are, you are enough. And that is perfectly fine. And it's a hard message. It's not a hard message to hear. It's a hard message to believe. Yeah. And to live. Yeah. Um, Nathan, I know you've been nodding your head a lot and looks like oh, agreeing no, a dis- lot. Disagreeing with absolutely everything you're saying. Disagreeing? Oh, uh, agree. Oh, I thought you were saying disagreeing. Oh, no, I was like, wow, oh, we're no, going to have some confrontation yeah, here. It's, it's this so is great. Much, it's so important to just show up and be seen. Yeah. Is sometimes if, like more important than what you do. 
Yeah. And so it just be having the courage to just go up and let yourself be vulnerable and let other people see you for wh- who you are in this point in time. Yeah. And it, it's so much more important to let people see you versus to be able to do something perfect sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, yeah, like, like the, specifically the song, like I, that's, I think if not my favorite one, we're doing the show. I'm really, I'm really excited for it. Well, I'm, I know this is, the show's going to make, um, it's going to impact a lot of people, including yourselves, right. Who get to, to go up there and I'm just picturing all of your like individual journeys and, that's all going to be kind of a part of the dance and a part of the music and when you guys perform that. There's so much that even we don't know as far as like the, not just like what, even within the chorus, like there's, there's some, it's unseen. Like yeah. there's so many things that we don't like, I could be singing right next to somebody who is going through like the absolute worst couple of months in their entire life. Mm-hmm. And they're just not at a point to be able to share it. And there is no way I could tell. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, uh, I don't know, it just makes me happy to know that there's a way that even without that information that we can still be supportive, yeah. not just, to, you know, as a community, but even us to even just like friends you see every week. As we start to kind of like wind down here a little bit, are there, um, I just put like, I, I just put out a, an episode about, um, it's okay. Hopefully it's a really important phone call that you're, that you're getting. <laughs> it's a ring alert. <laughs> Um, I I just put out a, an an episode recently, um, with my friend Kelly, who we were talking about like inner child work. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if any of that resonates for the two of you of kind of like talking to those, those littles within us. And in this case, right? Like those little, um, those kids who grew up feeling like they're not enough and that there's something wrong with them. Um, is there, I want to have both of you maybe chime in on this. Is there something that you would want to say to that little within yourself today um, oh God. Or, or, or things that you say to yourself in those moments where things feel really hard and maybe feel really tough. I think, I think I just would want to give my younger self a hug and just yeah, let it like, it's like, you, don't change. Mm. It's okay. And that you're you're going to find people that love you for who you are, not who they want you to be. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's I think that's what I would say. Yeah, Gerald, how about you? It's really tough. So many things to say. Um, it's a wonderful question. <laughs> Looking back, I think I would have told younger me that what other people say about you or say to you is not your truth. You decide what your truth is. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard when you're a vulnerable young person and you rely on the adults around you to care for you and to hopefully protect you and respect you and the things that you hear are not loving, they're not affirming, and it may be unintentionally hurtful. Mm -hmm. And we hear lots of stories about parents who changed their mind about their queer kids once they came out to them. I never meant, I should never have said that, I don't believe that. But in the time, that's what they said, and it doesn't ever go away. 
Um, like I remember when my mom was dying, she told me, she called me into the hospital room. She goes, I just want you to know, I don't really think you're going to hell. And I'm sorry I said that. And it was, it was a small step in being able to let that go, but that piece of my mind is still there, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, so I would just say, you know, your truth is not to find what those who care for you and those who are around you who are adults say. You are able to define that for yourself. Mm -hmm. And kids, like especially who live in like small little rural places, until yeah. you get out and you see more of what this world has to offer that you can choose for yourself, that's hard to see. I just want to thank you both for um, for having this conversation, and um, we probably could have talked for two hours about about this topic. Um, but thanks for this this concert that you're bringing to our community, and for um, just the willingness to to show up and be vulnerable and talk about some real things for a little bit. Um, it matters, and, and I know it'll help some people out there. So, thank you both. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Once again, um, big thank you to, to Gerald and to, to Nathan for, for joining me here on the podcast. Such an honor to sit down and chat with them. Um, their concert coming up here this weekend in the Twin Cities is happening uh, March 17th and 18th. It is at Westwood Lutheran Church in St. Louis Park. Uh, starts at 7.30, and um, I'm going to link up in the show notes here of this podcast to where you can purchase tickets and learn more. Uh, would be beautiful if you can go support them um, and take in the, the beautiful show that they've put together if that is of interest to you. So I want to thank you all um, so much for tuning in. As always, uh, take what serves you from this conversation. Truly let that sink in, let that absorb, and, um, and just go ahead and leave the rest. Always, always, always. And... Be gentle with you over there, my friends, one moment at a time, and I'll talk to you soon. Much love. Also, just a reminder that this podcast is not meant to replace work with a therapist, and so if you feel you need it, I encourage you to reach out to a trained mental health professional. All right, we'll talk soon.